Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. How's it going, Lance? It's another beautiful sunny day in Colorado. I don't know why everybody else lives everywhere else. What do you do? What do you do? What are you doing with your lives? Unless you're in Florida, shout out Nick. Yeah, I can agree with Florida. I like Florida. I can agree with Texas. Shout out my sister Wendy. I can agree with that too. Upstate New York, I got. I, I'm with you there, Mark. No, no, you're just trying to placate <laughs> the Mark LePage of Andre. <laughs> what? You don't really. Come on, it's cold up there. Gosh, it is cold. It is cold. Yeah. But I like how old. I like how. Uh, uh, like I like the history. Like when you walk, when you drive through there, and you see those really old cobble, yes. cobble, like cobblestone bridges and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my god, I am in Sleepy Hollow. The, the, I am in it. The towns are amazing. I think yeah. little towns. It's just, like Terrytown. Love that place. Yeah, it's just the coldness. And I know you'll be thinking, wow, you get used to it. It's just fine. Now, I lived in Minnesota and North Dakota for. 22 too long three. too long yeah i'm like you guys don't even know you don't even know <laughs> you're missing i couldn't i couldn't convince myself to drive 12 hours to go to home for thanksgiving because it's so cold yeah it was um there was frost on the ground and now it is beautiful and guys are setting stuff up and we'll talk about that i went out in last night in my backyard at it was like 6 p.m my wife said hey will you go pick a salad i picked a salad last night yeah that's how, that's how i do it so move to colorado We'll greet you with a high five. Um, <clears throat> first, let's talk about something that, that just happened. And I think it's it was a failure on our part because we just failed at f- fundamentals. <laughs> and it's good to fail sometimes. And I think that's every yeah. single time Alex and I fail we, or anything goes wrong, we always try to find a silver lining because I, I just know there is a silver lining. Yes. Every single time there's a silver lining. So we were selling a, a product. And they wanted a clause in there that their deposit would be refundable. And in my head, and, and Lance even said, like, look over the contract, right? Um, and I put in something about some other stuff, but I should have known to put, put this in too. My head was thinking, like, okay, if their deposit is refundable, it, it's reciprocal. But it wasn't clear because it said refund. It was basically non-refundable at the buyer's discretion. Yep. And we should have put the seller's discretion too. And the reason why is because, <clears throat> honestly, if they're they're asking for that, um, they might be trying to put you in a position where they can come and then even weasel any more, you know, weasel more where you've turned down other people and, and all that. So I would always have in your contracts a way for you to get out of it. And that, that should be a fundamental principle. We have that in our contracts, right? In all the house contracts that we've ever had, that I've ever had. And it can come down to a simple sentence that both parties can terminate this contract at any time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's asking for the moon. But for the most part, we get that in our contracts. Because you got to be able to walk away if it just can turn sour so quickly for so yes. many different reasons. Or not just turn sour, but maybe there's a better opportunity out there. So maybe you're stuck into this little crappy little project you have you're you know that with the strict deadline and then something else comes along with a bigger you know much more graceful deadline and a ton more money exactly exactly so you have to and, and so <laughs> the silver line that we took for this was this was a smaller item right 
and we're going to be doing our development project. So at sometimes like we hear, we talk to developers all, all, all the time and they really weighed it in their favor. And I think it's because there's a, a scope of people and the, the, um, I didn't realize that, you know, these people that bad people exist. Well, <laughs> Honestly, well, I thought, well, I thought well, we were helping someone out. Not only that, not only that, but I think, I think Alex and I continually need to be reminded that not everybody thinks like us. And we, mm. for some reason, think everybody should think like us, as far, as, as, especially when it comes down to business and how we would approach things. And, and I would amend my, not bad, it wasn't a good fit. That's, that's all I'd say. Some people are not a good fit. Yeah. And, and that's fine. So when we're doing our development project, we're going to have it so that if it's not a good fit, we can both part ways and it will be a fair part. People get their money back. They might even get interest or what, whatever, depending on the time that you close or whatever. But, but it's a lesson to us. There's fundamentals in design. There's principles. There's principles in contracts. Um, and, and remember those two. And there's principles in, in, in everything. Leadership, everything. But always think about those three or four things that are key in whatever you're doing. And make sure you address them, at least in your head. Or, you know. And have some patience. Um and have some patience when you are selling a product. If be firm to be firm to your because what it is is like it's basically a gamble, right? You're saying I want I want X amount of dollars for this product, and somebody else is going to say, Oh, well, I'm only going to give you another X amount of dollars. So, like if I ever go and I tr- and I gamble, one one of the things I say is I say, Okay, I'm going to spend I'm going to spend a hundred, and then if I get up to five hundred, I'm out and I'm done. Like you have to yeah. set some sort of stop limit for yourself. Yep. For that. Yep. So for us, we're chalking this up to. This is a, we're, we're, we're still okay. Everything's fine. We, we, we're going, oh, no we're going to sell this product. It's going to be great, but it is a one hundred. is a, it is a lesson for us moving ahead with the development in that we need to, we need to cross our, cross our T's and dot our I's 100% follow up with everything. Make sure we have at least one out, no matter what at the con at the end of the contract and that yes. it's favored towards us. And then don't budge on that because if we're the one making the product and taking all the risk, then we are then we think we are entitled to just by being the owners and the people producing it the out at the end yep yep because the development is a hundred times larger yep so it's a hundred times more it could have been a mess you want to give people a quick update on the on the development project we got comments yes we got comments back from the city um the most of them are just ticky tacky the great thing is there's no huge red flags saying it's not going forward right no massive deal breakers the biggest thing for us was parking and it always is and we are figuring it out and what's hilarious is that um they're they're saying that we want a variance because we need to because we're providing more parking that that than is necessary did you hear that these greedy developers over here are providing more parking than is necessary so the city says pay us money for their that variance i'm gonna Walk in and, and, and have a discussion and say, let's say there's a name any rule, like a standard. Um, you need to have uh, your roof. Let's say, let's say for some reason the city says roof trusses should be 24 inches on center. And then you say, oh, we're going to do 16 because we're going to have a, a greater load up there. Oh, variance. You, did, you provided more <laughs> than was necessary. How dare you? Please pay us money. Um, so parking is an issue because we have more parking that's necessary, but we don't have it the way that they want it. So we'll have to figure that out. Um, what was it? Oh, they say that we can't have our trash in the setback, um, our enclosure, but that's not what the code says. So I'll go uh, 
discuss that with them too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You like how I'm being? <laughs> yeah, I'm, you're being very uh, politically correct. Congratulations, oh, nice guy. <laughs> and then the rest was uh, <laughs> a lot of spelling errors, and uh, you know, over Spelly McGee sitting across the table from me. And it's so hard, it's, I, hard, it's hard to check spelling in Revit. You know, just I hit, did not check that button Revit, <laughs> but I'm gonna throw a former employee under the bus. Because he made the whole oh, thing. Oh, that's true. I didn't even make this one. Oh, that's true. Well, look at me. Yeah, but I didn't hit spell check. It's easy to do. Yeah, that. we didn't. None, none of it. I mean, I could have spell checked you. And it it doesn't matter. So, so it's, it's good fine. news. We're excited. We're super excited about that. Um, and we're super excited. We, you know, <gasps> moving moving ahead, we just, we don't, so long as the economy doesn't crash, you know. Knock on wood. We're hoping for an extended business cycle. Maybe a 10-year business cycle <laughs> instead of the seven years. So I have uh, another update from, so if you guys don't know, Lance and I made uh, a proposal for uh, Amazon. We, we made it up and it was basically what would 8.1 million square feet look 8.5. like? No, no, 8.1. It was 8.1? Okay. Yep. I made 8.2 because I just go above and beyond everything I do. Wow. You provided more space when necessary? Variance. <laughs> Variance. <laughs> so um, what was great about it is that we kind of threw it out there. And got a lot of attention from it. It was great. And when he says kind of threw it out there, we already went over this in the podcast. And Lance methodically used his <laughs> badass social media skills to get us into the mainstream media. That's very true. So did, Yeah. So did I. Yeah. And Al did too. So anyways, um, someone contacted us from Longmont. We don't do much work. They have a piece of land in Longmont, in Denver. And they say, hey, we saw you on the news. Um, we want to do townhomes. And Lance and I are like, that's what we do. We are very good at townhomes. Come in and meet us. We had and a great meeting. It was awesome. It was awesome. So, you know, I was super excited when I, I think I took, I think I fielded the phone call and then I turned around and like, you know, we have a bell in our office. So if anything cool, anything good happens, it doesn't it, matter. It doesn't matter what it, it is. Like you we, could almost slip and catch yourself on ice. Yeah. And, ring and the bell. you could come into the office and you could ring the bell and we make it so that everybody can do it so that everybody's a part of it and everybody feels like they're accomplishing stuff. Yeah. And then, and then sometimes the guys will like, they have a little app on their phone and they'll go. Yeah. Mur, 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 mur. So yeah. anyway, that all happened. We were pumped about it after, right after, right after we got off the phone and our guys go, our guys go, was that your guys' point with doing the Amazon? I was like, no. The point is to just put yourself out there with yeah. no expectations. And you, if you do good work, it's you're going to grab people's attention. People are going to want to gravitate towards you. And then they do. So we're really excited. We haven't won the contract. But hey, there's there's a one-to-one about how it came back. I know, I know a lot of people were asking us in the Entree Architect community, I think in the business of architecture too, uh, that that community. If there was, have you guys any gotten any actual work from that? And this could this this is a perfect example if it comes through. And a lot of times it comes through later just by people knowing our names, and it doesn't. They might forget that they saw us on that news. But what was great about this one was they came with something that we love to do and are great at doing. Like you could other than just regular residential homes. Our, our next bread and butter is just townhomes. Yeah. So. And especially Al. Al. Al really understands the ins and outs and all that stuff. Love it. <coughs> um, the other cool thing about that meeting was it once again reinforced like the importance of your own website and then honestly putting out your own little commercials. So uh, they they went to our website and they saw that we did a, you know other townhomes, really loved the way those ones looked. So that solidified it for them. But then they went through and they took the time to watch all of the videos that we had that we had uh, Mari Mari Wolf of, of Mari Wolf Photography put together for us, 
and they just loved everything we had to say. And and you remember during the meeting they were saying talking about uh, at, us teaching at CU. Like that solidified it for them. They were yeah. just they were they were already convinced. They already knew who we were when, before they came in, and they were already convinced. You could tell during the meeting about about the mythologies that we do. So like it was just like nodding, nodding, nodding about and eating up everything we said. Yep. And then and then I I was equally interested in them because they're a long firm doing townhomes. I want to partner with them. We'll have meetings at our office. It, it, it seems like a great fit. So we'll, we'll, we'll see um, how it goes, but it worked out great so far. Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. Should we hear from our uh, good friend Enoch Sears from the Business of Architecture? Yep. He's going to do best and worst advice, but since he's already been on the podcast, uh, is he spinning it? He said he's going to put up something special for us because we've been good boys. Okay, we'll see. Here we go. Hey, Lance and Alex. Enix Sears here from the Business of Architecture podcast. And thank you for the invitation to contribute to this little segment on your awesome podcast, Inside the Firm. So I had to think a bit about this prompt, the best and worst advice. And I know I already contributed once before, but here we go. This is another go at best and worst advice. So I'm going to start out with the... the best advice that I've gotten. This advice was given to me by my grandmother when I was living with her for about a year. Uh, she lived in Hawaii, and uh, she, my grandfather had just died. So I got to spend some good time with her, and as a good grandmother always does, she was uh, she didn't hold back her words of wisdom. She was a, a not a lady of many words, uh, but she was a very wise lady. And here's the advice she gave me. Look, I had a job at the time. I was working at Subway, you know, the sandwich shop. And she said, Enoch, if you want to be successful in life, here's what I recommend. When you're at your job, when you think that you've done all the tasks that are required of you, when you think that there's nothing left to do, always look for something else to do. Always find something to do. So I took that advice. And in every job I've had, you know, there always gets the point when you're done. I mean, even... Uh, in architecture, in everything, even if you have a, a menial job, if you're doing something at home, there always come that time when, say, say for instance, you're doing a drawing, uh, the person who's kind of your supervisor in the architecture firm, let's say that you've completed all your tasks and they don't have anything for you to do. You go back and we've all been there, right? Hey, I finished this drawing. You know, what else do you have to do? And they're like, well, I'm busy. I'll get to you in a minute or I don't have anything, right? And so in a situation like that, we basically have two options. We can sit back and do nothing, and the other option is we can practically try to find something to do. So going back to my experience working at the uh, Subway fast food restaurant, whenever there wasn't anything to do, quotes, air quotes, right, I would look for something to do. I would either go out, I would clean the tables, I would try to restock some of the shelves. Maybe there were some more vegetables that need to be prepped. There was always something that I could do. And this is closely related to the Japanese concept of Kaizen, which is constant improvement. Now, this advice has been something that has paid off huge dividends for me in my life. And that's why I have it right up there with one of the best pieces of advice I've ever had, because I find that constant improvement, we need constant improvement as people to be able to experience satisfaction and fulfillment. And part of that is always trying to look for ways to improve. All right, next up is the worst advice I've ever gotten. Now, I may get some hate mail about this, but the worst advice I've ever heard is follow your passion. Now, I'm not exactly even going to explain what I mean by that. I'm going to leave it to you guys to riff on that. There's probably lots of meat there within that statement. Some people will probably have a negative reaction to that. Uh, the one thing I will say is that I found in life that there's two parts to this experience of being human. 
there's an emotional side and there's a rational side. And we need to be able to figure out in our own lives how to walk the line between those two to bring ourselves both our personal fulfillment and the impact that we want to have in this world. And I think the best you know, the best thing is happening, the best result is happening when we're both personally fulfilled and we're making the biggest impact. And sometimes this advice of follow your passion can get in the way of that result. Let me know what you guys think. Look forward to your guys' thoughts on these two pieces of advice. Enoch, thanks. That was awesome. Uh, check out his podcast, Business of Architecture. Always great lessons to learn over there. I'm going to start. There's so much meat there. I'm going to start with grandma. Because I have a grandma who's great too. And how my grandma influences me is just her attitude. You know what I mean? People don't have to say things to teach you lessons. They can, they can just, just give you a look. They can, or, but they can just be things. Sure. They can be things, right? So always look for something to do. Um, same thing. Honestly, my first day at McDonald's, they said, uh, go clean, clean all the tables and, and, you know, the trash and all that. So I did that and I came back. I go, okay, now what do you want me to do? They said, go clean all the tables and pick up all the trash. So I take another run and I go, okay, what do you want me to do now? I did that. And then the, the, the third the time they said, your only job is to consistently <laughs> clean all the tables and monitor the trash. I go, oh, got it. So I'm just going to keep myself busy doing all this. And, you know, so same thing as Subway. But I, I, there was a, a speaker. I used to watch sometimes uh, graduation speeches. And one doctor from the Mayo Clinic said, don't leave for tomorrow what you can do to today. And at the end of the day, one, and, and I, I remember doing this when I worked for other people, and now I have a different take on it, but I would always think that, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? Because I kind of have an idea, can I do that today? And especially at, you know, Liebskin or other places. So I think it, that falls in the, the same advice. And sometimes um, you can't, do things at your firm because for some other reason someone's doing something your your time would be wasteless if you did it in the project but what i'd say is you can learn something is you can learn something about revit you can learn revit structures you can learn structures there is youtube videos i if you left me alone for a year i would be busy the whole year just doing stuff that right. i want to do on my list um so i would say if you Yes, find something to do, but if for some reason they're like, no, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing. Learn something. For me, when it was, it was always uh, <clears throat> when I to hit on to hit on Enix first point. When I I always work construction, so as a laborer, <clears throat> as a laborer, the way to move ahead and and try to become a carpenter or an apprentice was, okay. My first priority as a laborer is I need to make sure everybody's got their tools that they need, all their little supplies, and then I have to make sure, and then my, my backup job is to make sure the whole job site is clean. So I was on point always, made sure the job was clean, and then if that happened, then I was allowed to like come up, pound nails, learn how to like run a tape, learn how to cut wood, learn how to do all that kind of stuff. And then what that taught me was, once I, put, once I got put into a leader, leadership, leadership position, I would watch other people who were underneath me, who were, who were laborers, and and then pick out if people if people were were doing the same things I was doing as a laborer, where they were going above and beyond and making sure like it was always clean. And then okay, now you can come up onto the roof and help us lay the shingles and stuff like that. That's how you pick out leaders. And for me, it's that's how that's how it's even translated into our firm. Is like okay, watch the people who are doing the extra little stuff 
those are the people who are doing the leaders are going to be leaders because then you know once they're in the leadership position i think we can have a you know it, it, either we need to have a conversation or hopefully we don't and they pick up on the same thing like okay now i'm a leader and now yep. I'm watching those other people. Are they doing those extra little steps? And, and we should honestly tell them. And and what's great about that too is that I love. Uh, I, I can't I can't find all the red lines. I can't find all the ramifications. So when hey Al, you said this, I did this, and then this happened, and then so I I changed that. I'm like, thank you. Oh, th- th- those are the best. I think we, I, we've touched on that before, but especially when comments come back on drawings from the city, or we're getting ready to send out something for permit, and somebody catches something. And then I go, actually, shout out Kyle Sack. He caught something the other day with our assembly count and on this project we were doing down in Westminster. Yeah. And we were, te- we were texting because he works later, later at night for us. But uh, he, he caught some interesting stuff. And then I go, wow, great catch. And then we talked about it more in the morning. And then we solidified it. Like, Was this the same thing you talked to me yeah, about that yeah. I opened this, up? Just this extra above and beyond thinking and not trying. You know, He wasn't trying to like say... Uh, you guys are idiots or anything. He was just literally trying to do the best job he could and go a little bit above and beyond with his critical thinking. And it made and it made for like, okay, good. The project is solid. We figured out this out. It should be bulletproof moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. The second part, follow your passions. I like that he twisted it on his, its head. I love it too because our last podcast was called If It's a, If It's a Passion, Pursue It. <laughs> nice, nice. But it, there's dichotomies. There's dichotomies. Absolutely. And I know it's it's almost like a trick to you know say something that someone likes and then throw the other bus. But it's so worth discussion, right? Because if if if, if you said Al right now, I want you to stop. Just follow your passions, and and instantly I have no time to think about what that is, right? I just have to do so. I would start reading books almost all day. I would garden, fix up my house, and I would teach. And then, and that sounds great. That's great, great life. But the only thing is, holy cow, is my income gonna go way down? And then this affects my wife because my wife does not work. She's starting to babysit now for for other people. But okay, now does she need a job? And we've seen, and if you're both people going working, do dual income houses. I think that's great. You have more money. You, you know, uh, you're pursuing your passions, but the, the stress level that comes to our house when Annie watches and, and Annie's like, I, I, this has shown me how much I love my life. I love my life that I don't have to work. And if I want to, I can just watch some more kids and hang out and it's stress-free and you come home. She makes food. I mean, the food I eat is above and my and she's, she's a phenomenal cook. Yeah. So, so on that note. My wife and I have had that conversation many times too. And we always come to the same conclusion. Thank God we own our own businesses and we can, we are afforded the ability by taking that risk to be flexible with the kids. So like every morning she drops them off every afternoon, I pick them up and you guys know that. And then I go to my home office after that and work for a couple hours. And they're older too, which is great for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it obviously everybody who listens to this podcast knows how passionate I Alex are about what we do, but we do. But Enoch brings up Enoch brings up a great point in that we need to be you need to you need to keep your eye on the ball because at the end of the day you have to you have to feed yourself. So there has to be some practicality to it too. I think it always it always comes down to balance, right? It just always comes down to yeah. how do you how do you live a balanced life? And obviously sometimes you skew it too far to the side in some ways and some and so like for me, I've had to. I'm a huge voluntarist, and so you know I run a community garden, and then I do all these other you know political things with all these other political uh, groups that I that I'm involved with, 
and it's good it's good it's good to be talented but at some point you know I was people people are now uh, wanting me to pursue and push my talents <laughs> yeah. it, it, towards their towards their things so I'm having to say and I've told Alex and I have this conversation a couple times this week I'm like I got to just start turning people down I have I have to stop saying yes I need to start learning how to say no and I have to remind myself that because I, it's, I have to have my family life. I have to have my personal life too. And it goes back to one of the uh, advice where we said calculated risk. So a lot of people, you'll hear, follow your passions, right? So let's say you have some pet project you want to do. All you want to do, Lance, is make memes. All I want to do is uh, design spaceships, right? Yep. No one's going to design a person that doesn't know how to design. Stuff. <laughs> 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 right. right. Yeah. Or what, what I mean, like if you develop that skill during your free time over time and then, and then transition to that, that's what people don't see is that it's a calculated risk. It's not this just jump in. And, and what's hard about that too, is people say the best way to learn is just to engross yourself, immerse yourself, do all that. And it accelerates your time. Right. Okay. If you have that buffer, you have that 50,000 buffer. Eh, maybe exactly go ahead exactly so so or, a calculated risk that's so per, that's so smart i think to bring up because you have to if you're going to i wouldn't just jump into a passion without without buying yourself some time to pursue that passion and the most people that say that they just jump into it and just do it it's the people who started their business in their 20s and if if I was living in Fargo, I there's I know I'll get rent for two hundred dollars, which is nothing. Uh, and then back then, I think my your parents are probably still paying your health care until you're twenty six. Yep. So you have to pay two hundred dollars plus heat plus food. You're spending five hundred a month. You can I don't know work side gigs and then pursue your passion and then then be really involved. So that's where it's calculated because you're young and you have no responsibilities. Totally understand that. That makes sense. So if you are at that younger stage, I want to shy away from that because you have that opportunity. If you are 30, you have a wife, kid, all this other stuff, then be a little bit more calculated. Pursue your passions, but pursue them wisely. Yeah. Beautiful. Love yeah. it. All right. Next. Where are we going next? Oh, I don't know. I got to pull up what the, our little outline we have going on. Yeah. Um, letting go. Ah, somebody, somebody, we've been letting go and it's paying dividends. Yep. So, um, the Longmont downtown development authority, authority, they're the authority. I like that. LDDA. Yep. Uh, they approached us and said, we're going to have an alleyway. It's basically an art second Friday event where, um, we're going to jazz up this alleyway. We don't know. We have some. We have these alleyways in Longmont. I'll kind of paint a picture for everybody. We have these alleyways in Longmont that run perpendicular to the major alleyways. So they're sort of like these spaces in between buildings that nobody really built, but now they've prettied them up and bought um, and, 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 and made like pavers. So they're kind of like these little walkways, right? Yep. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that was it. I was just, I just wanted to paint a short <laughs> picture for everybody. Like that. That's the kind of alley we're talking. We're not yep. talking like... Your typical street alleyway. These are just pedestrian only. Yep. So they wanted uh, an event. It's going to be tonight, uh, Friday. And they said, we want to engage the alleyway and make it something cool, right? So then Lance Lance said, okay, how about we have strings over this alleyway and we connect them to the light poles? So it's just basically a canopy 
And then him or I said, okay, we'll have it at different angles, so it'll be cool, right? Huge. I'm talking, what, is the, what are they, 20 feet wide? It 20 been... feet wide, and strings are uh, 16th of an inch, <laughs> and the alleyway is 150 feet. So whatever that math is, uh, 5,000, 7,000 times 20, so 70. Anyways, we're getting to 100,000 100, feet. A lot. Of, yep. Um, anyways... So we said, guys, you guys design it, right? Yep. And then um, we've been so busy that we the check-in, Lance hasn't even checked in. He's asked me, what are the guys doing? <laughs> like Lance yeah. checking in is checking in with me, asking yeah, what's going and on. <laughs> what, what's, what's funny is, so they, I think they got in touch with, they emailed me first. And then Al didn't, we were both kind of skeptical about doing it. And then we said, no, come on, we, we got to do it because we want to be, Longmont's guys. We want to be yep. Longmont's firm. So let's just let's just go. Longmonsters. And Alex is right. I have been so touch and go with it that I barely know what's going on um, for better or for worse. Yep. <laughs> so anyways, I kind of split the guys into tasks. Uh, one guy designed, one guy these pavilions, one guy the yarn. There's this whole, whole system going on. And the first design that they had was some sort of portal frame coming together and still a whole bunch. And then one of them made a study model. Um, and th now we have this really cool ribbon. I'll put a link to it on, on it's the show. It's about a next. five foot wide ribbon of, of yarn. Neon green. Yep. And the yarn's probably spaced one inches, yep. one and a half inches apart, something like that. And it twists and it turns and then it links into these folding pavilions. So if you've seen um, our Atlas tiny house or some of our other tiny houses that we do, they all kind of fold and expand. So now we have these pavilions that literally are 10 feet long. Well, 10 feet high when you set them up. They're a foot wide when they're folded um, and they're four feet you know, thick. And basically they unfold so that you have a, a canopy over. They're made of wood. They all fit together perfectly. And we are making them on Saturday. They went to, we made all four of them uh, all on Saturday, and then we painted them and then did some fix-up on, on Wednesday, and they're out there putting up all the yarn. And what's great is that if, if Lance or I were in charge, I think we would have said, like, okay, just execute the first idea. Execute, you know, get it done. Execute the first idea. And instead, they just came up with new ideas. They just designed it. I, I would over – so Josh would show me some stuff, and I'd say, okay, we need to support – it gave – some useful suggestions, so it doesn't, you know, fall over. <laughs> fall over. Um, but it was, it was just that, like, hey, let's have a support here. Okay, let's do this. That was it. Now I'm going back to work, um, and it's worked out great. So it's worked out so great that yesterday, Alex and I were in lecture for five hours straight, uh, listening to all the midpoints for one of our classes. <clears throat> And then all the guys were out painting these uh, these little pavilions that were that they they were building. We finally got there, I think at like three three thirty or something like that. And then Alex and I had to take another phone call and deal <laughs> deal with the sales thing that we kind of touched on earlier. Walk around the block, deal with all that. Then we were on the phone with our lawyer for a while. Um, and then what was great was it we were like, oh wow, it's five p.m. Walked outside and we we're like, oh the guys are done. And then I walk back in and I go, our guys are the best. Yeah, and so. It was great. So we're letting go and, and they're, they're crushing it. Yep. And I think what's great is if we go back to the last podcast, meaning you should listen to all the podcasts, <laughs> it was a passion project for them because they really liked it. Mm -hmm. We gave them autonomy and they are- We did give them autonomy, 100% on that one. Mm -hmm. And then Josh is skilled in carpentry yep. and Mark in design and, and uh, Josh and Jason helped them out too. And then, so they are kind of masters in this small craft. So that all three came together. 
Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I really feel, for us, it gives us just a ton of confidence in, I feel like we could just let them run completely loose maybe the, maybe the next time on something like this, which is super exciting. Or, yeah. or, it's, still, or it's just maybe less that we have to worry about. You know, because we, we can just confidently walk into it and maybe do the same kind of scenario where you and I are talking to the people and setting yep. the overall tone, and then it's just like, but we know our guys can handle it. And the only thing I did on Saturday, so I was out there helping working, was one, I set the example with work ethic, meaning I was just being efficient, crushing. We broke it into three tasks, and uh, so I was just doing a good job. So everyone was known, like, keep working and stuff like that. And then I tried to instill a philosophy in them. So, like, I was detached and able, you know, let them do their own thing, but it's how should we execute this? And they wanted to make one and then cut out all the pieces for the rest. I go, let's let's make one test it, put it together, then everyone do their tasks, and once everyone is done with their individual pieces, some might move faster than others, let's put it together and then store it. Because by the third one, we learned like, oh, we don't need to cut this out as much. We're actually doing too much work. So the philosophy is always give yourself something that you can test so you can improve. So that you've heard of the OODA loop. I've talked about the yeah. OODA loop. So basically you need something to react to. So let's make those reaction points happen so that we can improve rather than just cutting a whole bunch. Because when you're just cutting and then you're not setting it in place, then all of a sudden you, the reaction doesn't happen. It happens once at the end rather than four times. And you might think that, oh, you're going slower, just not by chop, 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 chop. Mistakes, mistakes are what really kill you. Yeah. Right? So so it worked out great. Yeah, we're excited. So if you can fly in. Yes, please fly in. Come check us out. Book your tickets right now. We'll be downtown 6 to 9. We're excited about it. Yep. It should be cool. Cool. I think it's bestie time. I love my best friend. He's the best. Yep. He said he missed his flight today, but he was headed here. Old <laughs> Nick Nicholas Renard. So this is uh, Nick, architecture. Nick Reed's, um, I'm guessing it's going to be from Gensler. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> here we go. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. Ooh. A reading. Learn from athletic teams. When we think about investing in our people, we often approach it much like sports coaches with their teams. The coaches with the best track records often have surprisingly straightforward workout regimens for their players. They understand that for every sport, there's a core program that serves as the fundamental building blocks for achieving high performance at game time. They know it takes constant and consistent investment in everyone on the team, getting these fundamentals right, in order to produce season after season of victories. Art Gensler. Lance, hold it there. These kids paid good money to come here and buy me expensive imported beers, just so they could go home knowing they did something good for their fellow man. I'm not going to send these kids back to the great towns they came from with their feeling that they're right to be together, have a good time, And yeah, do a little skiing has been usurped. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Toodles! Did you get it? Do you think? I I feel like it's from Out Cold. Every line? Do you think every line is from Out Cold? That's a classic movie. 
It's a really good movie. I want the skiing was was the was the tip. Yeah, and put it in your pipe and smoke it. I swear that was in there. Oh, we're gonna have to look. We're gonna have to look. We're gonna have to. Everyone is gonna have to watch out cold and see if it, <laughs> um, see if it fits. So, I mean, it just links with everything that we've saying is that there's a core program, <laughs> and that program is based off of fundamentals and consistency. Just yeah. being consistent. How 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 critical is that? I, I so it, it, there's two teams that come to mind uh, in their football teams: Alabama and NDSU. And holy cow, with Alabama and NDSU, you know what they're going to do every year. <laughs> they're going to run. They're going to. Uh, their defense their, is going to be impeccable. Yep. Their defense is going to have their best, best athletes. Um, and then they're going to control the clock. And then they're going to be consistent and poised and, and all that stuff. And there's, there's no fancy nonsense coming at you. And you just cannot stop it. <laughs> it's crazy. And speaking of football, I just got to let you know. I know this is time sensitive, but you know what game is on on Saturday? I don't know what game is on Saturday. Miami Notre Dame. Oh wow! Come on, and they're both ranked. It's like four and five. Mm. Do you remember the old? Where's it at though? Notre Dame. I don't know. But remember the old rivalry with those guys? Yeah. Oh, that's gold, son. Good stuff. Yeah. Man, if I was if I was back into football, (laughs) I'd be on it. Yeah, you're not. I'd be right on it. He's into football as much as I'm into following whatever is happening in the. In the news. Anything news cycle. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Cool. So I I got, I want to talk about another thing involving your team. Mm -hmm. So we already talked about letting the rain free, right? Constant, consistent improvement, right? So a couple podcasts ago, probably like more than like 10, we talked about improving our template, right? So in Revit, you have a template that you start off of. I'm sure in everything else, there's some sort of template, some sort of guideline, either for getting work, for doing Excel spreadsheets, for whatever people does There's a standard operating procedure, right? So we encourage people to think about improvements for that, right? And then involve the team so that you can get different perspectives. So I did, you got my email. I don't know when I sent it out, Tuesday morning, something like that. Yep. And I wanted to think about broader scope the process the program right how we actually do stuff and i just asked them what takes the most time and then how can we improve on that and i gave an example and say and they go you don't have to have solutions you can just say this takes the most time or this is the most frustrating mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then other people can add on oh guys if we just did this or if we had this we could save time and at the end i almost forgot about this but i thought it'd be nice to end it add in the end tell them why i'm asking this question and the reason why there's two fundamental reasons why one is because if these are frustrating or take time it'd be good to know how to be efficient at this so it works better so literally you're not dreading going to work and the second is that i think we can become more competitive if we do that meaning that we can beat out the competition and we can have a more stable ground which means not only you know more money but more security for everyone um so be sure to involve involve your team. Well, and, and I'll ask for suggestions. And I will give an I will give an, an an actual example of how I did that this week. Um, I don't even know if it was before or after Al's email, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been, I'm working with uh, one of our guys, Jason, on a group home project. And when I I so he's going to be the lead on it, and I approached him and said, "Hey, here's the preliminary site plan that I have laid out." We, what we need you to do, what I need you to do is rev this. There's a Revit model linked, and that was the building. And what you need to do is you need to figure out 
what is going to be the quickest way for us to either get the model, get the architecture into the site plan, or should we take the site plan and put it into the model? So he took about an hour of time, analyzed the problem, and then said, okay, this is the way it's going to be most efficient. So I just let it open, you know, let it, gave him the option and trusted him to just tell me flat out as the guy who's going to be doing the majority of work. Okay. And then I just said, all right, if that's, if that's, if that's the way it is, then I, then I trust you and let's, let's move ahead with that and hope, and I'm, and it is going to work out. I think your question was key though, because you could have just gave the task, combine these two together, yeah. get them to work. But you asked, what is the most efficient way to do it? So you had to pause, think, detach, and then, and then analyze the problem, right? Because a lot of times what we say, and I think the reason for success for some of our projects, especially our speculative projects is the questions we ask. It's not the program that they give you. It's the questions that you ask about it that can lead to the most fruitful production. So just that question, what's the most efficient way to do this task? was great. Yep. And then trust your people. Kudos. Got to trust them. So there you go. There's a good example. Okay. Al, Al, with that, Al is going to continue. Impress everyone. Continually impress everybody. With knowing the nuances of code questions that Lance finds tricky. (laughs) Five minutes before we start recording every every single Friday. Uh, exactly. So as, every, as, as everybody knows, we are in the International Residential Code. We are in Chapter 3, Planning Stairways, R311.7.1. Alex is a stairway expert. Yeah, that's questionable. Okay, width. I am. The stairway width shall not be less than how many inches where handrails are provided on both sides. So basically, and well, I'm not even going to give you a hint. So the stairway width shall not be less than how many inches where the handrails are provided on both sides. A, 21 inches. B, 24 inches. C, 27 inches. D, 30 inches. 30. Incorrect. Less than 30. You can go 20. So now I need to clarify. Yeah. What it, what it, and the code, I think the code should be rewritten because what they need. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. What a, what a statement, yeah. Captain Obvious. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. So, so the way I think it should be written is what is the minimum clear width that you can have between um, handrails yep. if they're on both sides and the stairway is itself 36 inches? So Does that make sense? If it's 36 inches. Keep going. I'm drawing, but keep going. So, and then what, what did you say the answer was? 27 inches. So you can, you can encroach nine inches. You can encroach 4.5 inches yes. on each side. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. Yep. And so like, th- you yeah. see what I'm drawing here, right? I do. Yeah. So base. yeah. So that, that's, I don't know. I, I actually got, somebody asked me that question the other day, another client, because we, we drew the stair at three thirty six inches and he's like, are you sure you can do that? And this guy, this guy, I swear he, this is a superintendent that we work with on, uh, for a builder. And I swear every quarter he just does this just to test me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, ah, oh, crap, I got to look up the code book. So I should just memorize this. 27. 27. 27 in between. Yep. And then if it's, if it's us, and this is a, like a, just a, off my head. If, there's, if you do one rail on one side, it's 31 and a half inches. Yeah. So, because of the four and a half, right? You get it. Yep. Okay, last question. Uh, same chapter, stairways, uh, R311.7.3, vertical rise. A flight of stairs, this is so dumb. 
A flight of stairs shall not have a vertical rise larger than how many inches between floor levels or landings? Inches. I love oh, that they did it in inches. That's why it's so dumb. <laughs> a, 144 inches. B, 147 inches. C, 150 inches. D, 153 inches. I'm going, going with my gut. Incorrect. 147 inches. Isn't that weird? Huh. I love that. B, it, when you saw this, you're like, this is weird. I'm That's gonna... why I picked it. You <laughs> yeah. already you already told yeah. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> because did, wouldn't you think it's 144? <laughs> yes, exactly. Why 147? <laughs> Are they accounting for like uh, gaps in... I, <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> isn't it in the IBC, you can do... You you can't go you can't go more 144, like as soon as you go above 12 feet basically exactly right That's in, why in, I, so like if you if it's a thir- if you have a 13 foot floor to floor then you have to put a landing basically in yeah. the middle and break it up yeah so that's why this this stood out I don't know so I, I think it comes down to a residential application do you think it also comes down to somehow that 12 foot is in the back of everyone's head so if they have a 12 foot you know 12 foot floor to floor height and then all of a sudden you have a thick wood on one side and then you have like a, uh, you go down to a, just concrete and it adds a couple inches. Like it adds, they gave you some leeway there, you know? So yeah, that, yeah. Maybe because, you're going from a slab on grade to a wood frame floor. I have, I don't yeah, know. Because all of a sudden it's uh, 145 inches because of, because of the difference in the finished material and it's built. And the inspector said no. And the contractor is like, I'm going to strangle you right now. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think you're doing? You know what I mean? I don't know. That's the only reason I can think. There's 147. What does that... What does that even mean? 12 foot 3? Why 12 foot 3? Yeah, 12 foot 3. I have no idea. Isn't that interesting though? All right. Totally weird. So if you want more of Lance and Alex, which I know you do, pick up the creativity code. It's a book about architecture, design, philosophy of how to approach projects, how to execute, and take what's in your mind and make it a reality. Go there. Uh, it's on Amazon. You can pick it up. Um, so that'd be a great read, not only for yourself to refamiliarize yourself and, and refocus on the fundamentals. If you have, if you know of a student going into architecture, your wife will love it. Your wife, your wife, well, your, my wife loved it. Your wife loved exactly. it. Exactly. I'm yep. not being joking. Well, God, that's a good point. Honestly. Honestly, I, your wife will love it. Because they will see more where you're coming from, exactly. where your brain is thinking. Yep, yep. And they'll yep. be able to have that dialogue with you. I'm not even joking. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, then, and then they can hit you and be like, Lance, is that a line? No, I, are you, yeah, are you properly grouping? Yeah, no, but then, then, I see, not only are you not aligning physically, but metaphysically <laughs> and philosophically, I don't think the aesthetic aligns with the... They'll be able to rip you apart. It'll be great. It's brilliant. So you pre, pre-read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, students, anyone you know would be a great gift just to prime their brain. And then uh, Mark LePage said, uh, I never even thought about this, clients. So client as a gift to a client. Uh, because it, it's all the language that you guys know and probably provided in in a fresh way so that they can get on the same page as you too. So pick up that on Amazon. There's a link uh, in the show notes. Uh, if you like this podcast, please leave us a review. You can do, if you updated to the I, latest iPhone, uh, um, what is it called? iOS. iOS. I'm sorry because they screwed it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you type I, it's a weird A and like a question mark right now. Yeah, but... You can uh, provide feedback. You can give us a rating. Uh, we'd love that too. Um, last task, if you do like this, think about one friend. <coughs> Just one friend that you that might like this. 
send it to them and say, this is your Christmas present. You will get nothing else from me. That is it. There you go. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.